wait is over, FPL is back with the FPL Surgery Podcast. Welcome back listeners, we are through the FA Cup weekend and on to our next game week in this exciting FPL season. We are very much on the home stretch now with around 10 game weeks left, not too long to go at all. Welcoming back to help us enter this crucial period of the season, the Iceman. Thank you very much Billy and uh, yes, the FPL Surgery Podcast is what we're called here. Absolutely. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, spot on. Man. Oh, well thank done. God. I always think I'm going to say uh, the other one we used to be, whatever that was. Yeah, what we called it. my placemats. Gives me back, Iceman. Little break last week and a very boring weekend just with the FA Cup for us Arsenal fans. It was. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have anything. It was quite nice, actually, not to have to worry about us exiting any cups or losing any games for once. So, uh, although we did, we did lose in the uh, Europa League. But let's not get into that. Lovely. Yes. <laughs> and uh, to help us... As we head into the, well, we, we had the last podcast where we focused a lot actually on the double game weeks. Brilliant response to that one. We had nearly 5,000 listens. So thank you very much for everybody who tuned into that prepping for the doubles. I didn't say the date as of recording. It's the 18th of February. So as we head into double game week season, the guest tonight, we've got a YouTube star, uh, three top 50k finishes in FPL, so good credentials there. Over 55,000 subscribers on YouTube, which I can tell you is some effort. It's Brett from FPL TV. Thanks for joining us, Brett. Welcome, Brett. Hey, guys. No, thanks so much for having me. Really privileged to be here. So uh, thank you for asking me to be on. Yeah, first Great podcast to... for you, isn't it? It is. It's my first podcast. Absolutely. So, Brett, I imagine a lot of our listeners are aware of you anyway from your YouTube population fame. Um, do you just want to tell anybody who hasn't heard of you before kind of how you got into FPL, how you fell in love with the game, how long you've been playing for, that kind of stuff? Sure, sure. Well, um, I got introduced to the game, as many of us probably did. So it was through work colleagues, you know, so working in, a, in like a, a design team, all 20 to 30 somethings. And there was like a mini league, you know, and obviously a lot of banter, a lot of pressure along the way. Now, I played fantasy football before then, you know, just on and off on Dream Team, Sun, that kind of thing, but never as involved as FPL is, you know, when you're changing your team every week, picking your captains, that kind of thing. So, yeah, just quite casually for a couple of years. And it was only until three and a half years ago when I started the YouTube channel that I really started to find the, the Twitter community and really start taking things a bit more seriously. So, yeah, I started the channel three and a half years ago. And with YouTube, it was always a, a dream of mine to, to do a YouTube channel, but I could never figure out what I wanted to do the channel about. You know, I wasn't young and I wasn't good looking enough to do, you know, to get a camera out and start vlogging like a lot of these young, rich YouTubers do these days. I never had the confidence for that. So I thought, well, I play FPL quite a bit. So why don't I just go on and rant about my team, you know, and just kind of talk about my, my team and transfers, that kind of thing. So It really kicked that, off on there, didn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Um, you know, the first video I put on uh, three and a half years ago, I think got about 80 views. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a slow slow burner on and off. But um, the, the, this last season, it's really, really grown and it's, it's really exciting. So, uh, yeah, getting lots of views and subscribers now. And uh, it's, it's been great. Yeah, you're doing excellent with that. I remember um, me and the Ice Band talked about a, uh, doing a channel, but we realised our lives have been the same for the last 15 years. It's been pretty much Groundhog Day, Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it has. Yeah, I can't deny Lovely. that. Yeah, maybe we, we could start a, a series on the Iceman editing the podcast. <laughs> maybe the editing wouldn't be that interesting, but watching his reaction, I think, certainly would be. But seriously, that's some achievement, Brett. It's great to see how you've 
grown in the FPL world and uh, with some great finishes there. So looking forward to hear what you've got to say in response to our headlines podcast. So uh, main FPL headlines this week. Who can we trust for the uh, from the blank game week immune teams? Two is ignoring Arsenal recipe for disaster. Can Sane be kept after double game week heartbreak? Wildcard in game week 32 or game week 34. Chips at McDonald's or KFC? Chip strategies. Lovely. Lovely. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's that, Louise? Right, for the sake of, if we keep this in edit, that is my wife in the other room who's just backed Mackie D's for their, their chips. Oh, right, yeah. To be fair, I think she's correct. I mean, like, we don't go there very often, though, do we, Billy? Yeah. Other, uh, other uh, major sources and uh, uh, companies that provide chips are also available, of course. <laughs> There is no bias here. Uh, right, let's get into our game weeks. Iceman, you are the man at the moment, flying high. Tell the listeners how you got in your game week. Yeah, I, I seem to be doing that. Decisions this week was uh, Sane out, brought in Son. I went and captain Salah. Like most others, I did genuinely think that he was going to score the most. But I, I thought about the Pogba. I put the uh, vice captain on him. They were playing, obviously, uh, for them. Seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? He got the 16 points. Ended up on 81 points overall, and I'm up to an overall rank of 586 in the world so yes still going strong i'm just waiting for it to all crumble down at some point but at the moment still progressing very nice yeah and uh you've grown fame in your captaincy choices haven't you i have yes um i think it was will miners who's currently top of our fpl league and will be coming on the podcast at some point pointed out to me that i do currently have a better captaincy ratio than the overall number one so i thought that was a great stat to find out so thanks for that will but yeah it seems to be my thing we've got people talking to our fellow friends talking about how good my captaincies are and yeah, I can give a little bit of a lowdown on uh, how I kind of choose my captaincies when we get to the captain and transfers decisions. Well, you're making it look very easy whilst the rest of us struggle on. So uh, <laughs> the transfers and captain section now has a real value to it. You're looking at one of the world leaders in captain t- captaincy choices. Brett, how did you get on the last game week? Well, it feels like everyone's had quite a good few game weeks, except for me. It's been quite poor since Christmas, really, for me. So uh, 57 uh, this week, which is bang on the average. I think Iceman did just say he had the feeling to Captain Pogba. Is that right? Yeah. Was he your vice? Yeah, he was my vice. Um, yeah. He was my vice too. And I am annoyed at myself because the last couple of weeks I have been c- kind of ignoring my gut feeling. Um, and I know it's easy to say now, but my gut feeling was to go Pogba. And I think just because of this... This fear of, of missing, you know, a big captain hall from another player that everyone owns, maybe like Salah. I'm scared to go against the crowd a lot the last couple of weeks, you know. So even with the double game week, the, the previous week for Man City, my, my, my feeling was to avoid um, Sane. But I brought him in because everyone else had him. And, you know, I, I used two free transfers to get Sane. And again, that was against my gut feeling as well. You know, I just kind of did it because I knew everyone else had him. And it, I was kind of afraid not to, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, Captain Salah in the end. Uh, my move was to get rid of Hazard, so I brought in Son. The choice was to either get rid of Hazard or Sane. And um, you know, after Hazard's haul against Huddersfield, I thought, right, I've been waiting to get rid of Hazard for a while now. This is the chance to do it. And I guess controversially kept kept Sane because he had the home fixture against Chelsea and Hazard was away. So luckily Hazard didn't punish me anyway. 
yeah, and that's there's not much else to report with my team really. Obviously, Sane not playing, Rashford not playing. Um, still got Richarlison in the team as well, but um, just a lowly 57, and that was quite a significant red arrow actually. I'm down to 32k now. I was at 22k, so a 10k drop, which is quite a big still drop. Pretty, still um, pretty good though. Yeah, I mean, it was uncharted territory for me. I mean, um, not to Iceman standards at 500, which is fantastic, by the way. I was at Christmas, I was at 4K, and um, I've never really been that high before. And since um, Boxing Day, that's where I've just seen lots of red arrows. You know, it's it's coincided with Man United's good form. You know, um, I didn't get on their options early enough. And that's kind of been the downward spiral then. So I've got them now, but it's almost a bit too too little too late to get Pogba and Rashford now. I've got them, but everyone else has now, you know? Yeah, yeah, fair. Nice, yeah, great score though, 57, you know, keeping with the average, so still by no means bad. Uh, unfortunately, I had another awful game week. I got below the average. My only highlights was I put the captain's armband on Salah. I thought he'd come good, and he did with a 16. But I also went to Son because I missed all those points earlier in the season, and he came up uh, with the goods again. And my one shining light over the last few game weeks has been Lepore at the back for City, mm. who in his last six game weeks has got uh, three sixes, one five and a 15. So he's been a nice little uh, addition to the side. But I'm uh, hemorrhaging points elsewhere quite catastrophically, I can say. So my season is in tatters. I'm just going to stick with it and just finish as high Onwards as I can. Us, Positive us. attitude. Yeah, exactly. I did want to say as well, uh, I was going to do the Aguero to Aubameyang move, but I did find out late. This is the, the bonus about hanging on to your transfers as late as possible about the, the Aubameyang illness. So that's why I didn't do it. So in a way, I do feel quite lucky in that sense because I did benefit from the Aguero hat trick, which mm. uh, I was... I was nailed on to bring in a Vamian, but now I don't think I'll be doing it at all now. So a little bit lucky in that sense. Yeah, you need those decisions to go your way, don't you, every, every, every mm. now and again up this month. Yeah. Okay, so let's get on to our, our new Patreon. So if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. We've got four new patrons this week. Fantastic. Mm. Thank you for the support. We've got Wing Yu. We've got Tim Regan Morris, who's actually a friend of the Iceman's from the Isle of Wight. And, and, and I know him as well. Um, <laughs> from the gym. And uh, uh, CJ Krausik. Sorry, I've probably massacred your name there. Who all came on the Slack level. And uh, Abolo Cutler, who came in on the private league entry level as well. Iceman spoke to the Slackers and asked how they were actually getting on. And finding it, Tim said, happy to be a part of a very welcome and engaging community. Lots of interesting, useful and thought-provoking discussion, especially in regards to everyone's chip plans for navigating those upcoming blank game weeks. Nightmare. He didn't say that. Thoroughly recommend the channel to any other listeners like myself who eagerly await for the pod each week. Wish I had joined sooner. Up the pod. Nice one, Tim. CJ in a similar light said, I'm really enjoying the Slack channel. Everyone is friendly, respectful, funny. The members are all pleasant. Uh, with which to interact. Second, the content is excellent. Before joining, I would wait impatiently for the podcast to inform my decision-making. Uh, with Slack, I see not only the conclusions that are presented in the podcast, but the underlying analysis of how they were drawn in real time, and that's a major upgrade. Thank you very much, CJ. That's great feedback, and if you want to get involved, please do. Um, every All the support helps the podcast, but we're hoping what we're offering is actually genuinely a, 
a service that's going to help people to make better decisions. Yeah, and there, uh, there are prizes. There, there are prizes to this. And um, Tom Campbell, who actually won last month's prize as he came top of our monthly league, he's got one of our steamed mugs uh, with the old logo. So, uh, but if you want to get involved in such prizes like that, like Bully has said, it's patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery. And the more and more patrons we get, the more inventive the prizes will be. I feel like we might start branching out for tickets and things uh, to games so we'll see what happens by the way tom i, I realized that i actually won that last month you came second he'll enjoy that one <laughs> yeah i'm sure he will <laughs> yeah a well-earned victory tom except uh, the iceman has beaten you so <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll let him have it right back to the fpl headlines for this week so let's get stuck in whom can we trust from the blank game week immune teams let me give you some context. Those teams are Leicester, Newcastle and West Ham, all with promising fixtures. And then Liverpool, Burnley, Huddersfield and Bournemouth and Chelsea after tonight may blank in game week 27, but will not blank in game week 31 or 33. And we've had some questions on this topic, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through each one and um, let's see what you guys have got to say. So M. Bison 22, who is the best Leicester player to get in? If I come to you first on that, Brett... Yeah, sure. Um, I think a lot of people listening will... The no-brainer is Ricardo Pereira. I think that's kind of like the obvious one, you know? Um, So I don't just want to give like an obvious answer. And the fixtures for Leicester are almost so good that we do need to get involved with their players somehow. So game week 27 now was a game week that I've been benchmarking for a while to get Ricardo Pereira. And with Digne blanking and and performing in general... He does seem like the no-brainer to switch over. But, you know, there's a few options in their, in their defence, I think, because Chilwell's also playing well. And you've got Harry Maguire as well, who does offer some goal threat. I think Pereira is the obvious option, but, you know, at Chilwell at 5 million is a bit of a cheaper one. So that's, that's my thoughts. I think that they're all, they're all viable options. Yeah, they, they, they can be. I did check out on the stats on all of them, and it does show that Pereira kind of comes out on top in terms of attacking, etc. But Maguire is like a hopeful one. He's top for attempts on the season with 21, with uh, Pereira just behind on 20. Uh, two wells on 15, so he's not doing too bad e- either. But it's the penalty box touches as well. It's just you can get more from Pereira in terms of yeah. assists and goals. It's just yeah. Chilwell as well. He has been doing well the last uh, six game weeks as well. He's He's been getting right up there for touches in the final third, for take-ons, for chances created. Two wells even above Pereira, 26 to 24. Pereira, he seems to be the one which everyone's flocking to, doesn't he? Because he's yeah. playing out of yeah. position. And he has got uh, an XGI, uh, which is kind of a goal involvement XG. He is the top for any defender this season. So he's showing that he's probably the best one to go for. It's just yeah. if you can't stretch to it, then Chilwell, yeah, at 5 mil is a good one. And if you just want to kind of take a punt, he's more of the goal scorer and he's the one which gets on the end of those Madison crosses. But Maguire yeah. would be the one to go for if you're just looking for random goals and just That's the thing. a little bit um, of a punt. Yeah, I agree. And the, the problem with Maguire, I, I was kind of disappointed at, disappointed at his price at the start of the season, yeah, at 5.5. You know, he's five point, well, he's 5.4 now, but at, oh, even yeah, at the yeah. start of the season, you know, um, after a good World Cup, I thought, well, Maguire, you know, he was a popular option for a lot of the World Cup watches, a lot of the casuals maybe. Yeah. Um, but at 5.5, it was like, oh, really? For Maguire, a centre-back at Leicester, you know? Um, 
But he's got three goals this season, which is one goal more than Pereira. So he does offer that goal threat, like you say. You know, at the start of the season, even with Liverpool, it was kind of the choice between Van Dijk and Robertson, wasn't it? And and I started with Van Dijk because I thought, well, for every two assists that Robertson can get, can Van Dijk get one goal? You know, one goal is six points and an assist is three. I do exactly the same, yeah. And you could say the same with Maguire because he's got more goals than Pereira has. So can he score more than every two assists that Pereira gets, you know? But at 5.4, it is a bit of a stretch, isn't it, for a centre-back? And with six assists for Pereira, it's almost like if they are going to keep the odd clean sheet, if Pereira can get the one assist for three points, you're almost 90% sure he's going to get the other three for the bonus as well. So that one assist can equate to six points. And I I do think Leicester, you know, they've, they've not kept many clean sheets, but I looked at their stats earlier, and a lot of the results they've had, they're only conceding one goal in a lot of games. Granted, they had the the 4-3 with Wolves, and, you know, I think they conceded three against Spurs. But in a lot of the recent games, let's, let's say the last six, last eight, they've it's been one goal conceded, you know, um, against some big teams as well. So I think they're unlucky not to keep a few more. Yeah, I think they should have beaten Spurs as well, really. Yeah, absolutely. They played well. And I've got written here, they've got five of the next eight at home. You know, home games, Palace, Brighton, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Fulham. There's got to be one or two clean sheets in there, you know. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lots of options there. Chilwell, if you need that extra 0.3, 0.4 million, then why not? He's got three assists to his name too, but he doesn't play out of position like Pereira does. And he's got zero goals. So he hasn't really got the goal threat that Pereira has. So, um, yeah, I think Pereira all the way. It's just, it's good to discuss Chilwell and Maguire because, you know, Pereira does seem like the obvious one, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I've, I've liked the look of Pereira all season. I always love the fact that he'll potentially play, you know, left wing, right wing, as well as right back. You've always got that potential for attacking returns with him. Absolutely. A great stat from the Iceman on the XGI on him. Uh, similar side, I suppose. Probably not going to go down equally, not going to trouble the top half of the league. Newcastle. So, one, um, Narvae is really sorry about that. At rookie CR, uh, best differential player for game week 27 from Newcastle. And uh, Andy Martin, the FPL tactician. Are Newcastle options now viable? Are Rondon and Almiron too much of a punt? So, what are your thoughts on them, Brett? They're, they're both players I've considered, Rondon and Almiron. But they still both do. They are a punt. They are a massive punt. I mean, if you're looking for a differential, you're not going to get much more differential than Almiron. I'm not sure what his ownership is, but it's probably like 0.1%, you know, um, obviously because he's new to the game. He's not a player I know that much about, but in the MLS, he did hit double figures for goals and assists last season. Granted, it's a lower standard league, but still impressive numbers. And he's a record signing, so clearly there's a lot expected of him. The good thing is, you know, Newcastle have got some some great fixtures, three of the next four at home. And he did look lively, went lively when he came off the bench in the, in the previous game. So they are punts. There's no doubt about that. Like with Rondon, what I like about him um, is his price, 5.7 million, you know, which is a hell of a lot cheaper than, the, you know, the 6.5 millions of this world. You know, Wilson, King, you know, even Anoutovic, he's, he's a lot cheaper. So I wouldn't trust Rondon as a second striker. Let's say I had like success as a third bench option and then Aguero or a, a big hitter up front. I wouldn't trust Rondon as my second striker, but as a third one at 5.7 million with the fixtures, yeah, he's definitely a good choice, you know? I, th- I think it's a case of everyone's looking at these Newcastle players and thinking, oh, well, they are playing in game 31 and they're playing in game 27 this game week, but yep. they, may, they may not play in game week 33. So you've got to think about that, that as well. 
uh, I think people are going a bit overboard at the moment about these Newcastle assets because they have had some tough fixtures of late, but and they've kind of been quite hard to break down. But albeit they do concede a lot of big chances, they are third bottom with 17 over the last six, and they're second bottom behind Fulham over the season with 64. They're just not looking great in terms of stats wise. They they are also third bottom for shots conceded over the last four with 64. Not looking good for defensive stats, but for attacking stats, I know, like you say, we've got Rondon, maybe a cheap price, but stats are poor there as well. Fourth yeah. bottom for shots over the last four. Third bottom for attempts over the season. Rondon's their top goal scorer with six, and uh, they've only scored 22 goals uh, so far this season. And that's second yeah. behind Huddersfield on 14. So it's not exactly giving you much faith in mm-hmm. how good they're going to do in terms of clean sheets. A lot of people are looking at, you know, likes of Dubravka, Lascelles, Yedlin, Shah, Rondon and Almiron. I think those, those are the ones which people are kind of looking at. But... Yeah, not really doing anything for me. I mean, they had no FA Cup fixer, so they went away in the sun for the warm weather training. Maybe they'll come back from that refreshed or something. People saying that they've got some good fixtures coming out, like you just said. But again, I'm not quite sure that they have. The FPL um, FDR ticker is kind of misleading, as I mentioned last week. They've got Huddersfield next, which, yeah, on paper, they're, they're, that's a good fixture, but Huddersfield's shown a lot of fight against Arsenal, and they have more possession than us in the end. I just don't think they're going to finish the season line down with that new manager coming in, and yeah. they also have Burnley at home, and Heaton has seemed to put new lease of life into Burnley, so don't think they've lost a game with him in yet then they've got West Ham who can score Everton again who can score obviously not on a good run and uh, Bournemouth who can also score Uh, so all teams capable of beating Newcastle so I wouldn't necessarily be jumping on Newcastle just because of the fixtures they haven't exactly got great form at the moment either so I'd be hesitant in, in terms of any of this obviously like you said before it is just a punt so if you're willing Absolutely. to take some just random punt maybe on Olmeron he's got a good history in the MLS a lot of people bigging him up apparently he's a good uh, captain option over there I know he's only got 18 minutes but he's definitely going to be a wait and see so far so maybe one to, to look at I wouldn't search to to go out for one of these players but if you kind of got no other options maybe go for it but just be wary that they may blank in game week 33 as well that's the thing because like like i said they are two players i have considered and you know there's there's reasons why like uh, people like andy martin who's tweeted in who's asked you um are they viable now there's reasons behind bringing them in but if i was completely honest with myself even if i considered them and i could justify why you could bring them in would i have them in my team honestly probably not you know so i've considered them and they're definitely not you shouldn't avoid them i just if i'm being honest with myself i'm not sure i'd get them in just because i don't trust them enough but with with rondon he's not a player that i would think oh yes rondon start and i wouldn't get excited by him you know so other players at his price range if the likes of joshua king has a good fixture at home i would think king could get two goals here i would never get excited by rondon starting in a nice fixture you know even if he did do well i would never think oh yes rondon could get a big haul here you know he, he just doesn't fill you with that confidence if yeah. that makes sense yeah absolutely uh, but with Almiron coming in like you say he's a wait and see and it'll be interesting to see how Rondon can feed off Almiron can Almiron help him produce more you know but 
until we see them play, it's it's very hard to say. It is, but, but Rondon is uh, he is playing well at the moment as well. It's not to take anything away from it. I'm just going by stats and kind of how their form is and uh, just... and the way yeah the way they set up. You know, they they kind of they set up to not lose rather than to go out and score yeah loads which, of goals. Which, which does make you think maybe one of their defenders could be an option, but. I can see goals in, in all of the, I can even see Huddersfield scoring against them. <laughs> but it, I, I wouldn't be bringing them in thinking, oh, this is a nailed on clean sheet each week. It would just be yeah, a lot of yeah. hope in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whilst we're talking about Almiron, I suppose one player similar at Leicester to him um, potentially would be Madison Iceman. Do you have any thoughts on, on him? We didn't mention him. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, we, we kind of uh, flew past him, didn't we? I mean, uh, Madison definitely going to be an option now with uh, I mean I'm more hopeful at Leicester than I am Newcastle with their fixtures at the moment he seems to be the one which is probably the one to go to and I am considering uh, bringing him in we did have another question I think it was from uh, who was it from Uh, Faith No Morena yeah so he's saying Madison or Anderson in the build up to game week 31 so I thought I'd take a look at the stats on this one and see, see how they're getting on Anderson is just beating him key stats over the whole season but I, I thought I'd, I'd take a look just on the last four game weeks alone and it is Madison who seems to be winning in terms of attacking stats he's winning uh, six key stats to Anderson's three so it's quite close between them both so either one I don't think you're going to lose out very much I mean I'm looking at the penalty area touches as well I see that where someone's going to be further forward but uh, it's not to say that there definitely is. I mean, like Madison's currently winning there 13 to 7 over the last four. On the shots alone, he is winning on that as well, 7 to uh, Anderson's 3. But it's, it's a difficult one. They're both great players. I just feel like Madison is, is a tough one on I me. Mean, what are your thoughts on that, Brett, between the uh, Madison and Felipe Anderson? Yeah, um, interesting to hear the stats there. And they're both players that I like and both very talented players, but that doesn't always convert into FPL points, you know. So mm. I think Madison especially, I've been very impressed with him as a footballer. And he is a player that I think has been quite unlucky from an FPL perspective this season. There's so many times where he's maybe put Vardy in 1v1 or he's hit the post or I saw, you know, there's like a montage of all the clips of, of Madison with some great passing and very unlucky not to have more points this season, I think. But I would select Anderson over Madison because of that guarantee of playing 90 minutes. Just having a quick look now. And Anderson has played the full 90 in the last three, six, nine, yeah, ten, it, yeah. ten games. So even if it was at risk, I just think it's it's less riskier than the Madisons who, despite the fans' uh, criticisms, he does get hooked early by the manager a lot of the time. Puel does like to take him off around the 60 minute mark sometimes even when it's not justified he seems to go off and that would worry me owning him so he's obviously a little bit cheaper yeah, we've, um, we've just found out that West Ham will play in game week 33 as well, albeit against Chelsea. It's just, you're looking at the fixtures for Leicester compared with West Ham over that game week 31 and game week 33 fixtures. Leicester play Burnley and then Huddersfield in game week 33. So you can see that they're a little bit better than West Ham's who play Huddersfield in game week 31, but then they play uh, Chelsea in game week 33. So a little bit, a little bit harder for them. Yeah, um, but like I said, both both good options. I would consider Madison more of the punt. I would, despite him playing well this season uh, from an FPL perspective. I just think Anderson. Yeah, he's been he's blanked quite a bit recently, but he's still playing every game, and he does offer a bit more goal threat. I would say 
Fulham up next who are leaking goals. The only drawback from from maybe getting Anderson, who's a player I've considered along with Arnautovic very strongly for this blank game week, is the Man City away fixture the week after, which is a bit annoying because um, I'd probably have to bench them then away to that fixture, away to Man City. But yeah, for me, it's Anderson over Madison, personally. Fair enough, yeah. I'm still undecided on it. <laughs> okay, lads. Well, whilst we're, um, whilst we're talking about other players now, so Alan Duplin has asked, my question is, which players should we be looking to absolutely have from week 31 onwards? Any thoughts? Yeah, see, that's a difficult question he asked there. I mean, like, it is a few game weeks time. I, I know it's fairly uh, recent, but, uh, you know, we're not going to know where to go at that point or who to bring in. I suppose if you're looking at the recent changes, which we, which we know is that Chelsea now do play in game week 31 and game week 33. So they play Everton and then West Ham. So I suppose you might be looking at some Chelsea players if they uh, come into form, but it all depends. I mean, if you look at, how uh, everyone had Sane like a few weeks ago and then all of a sudden he's now out the picture. Everything can change within a couple of game weeks. So I feel like you need to be looking more and we'll probably talk about it more podcasts that we do nearer that time. So it's a bit difficult to, to answer that one. I think we're going to concentrate more on the players which we've got leading up to that particular game week. Okay, okay, nice. Well, let's uh, go on to our next headline then. Is ignoring Arsenal recipe for disaster? Iceman, do you want to lead on this question? Yeah, it's, uh, this again is one of those which everyone was thinking about bringing in the Arsenal players for these particular games in terms of last game week and this game they've got coming up against Southampton and Bournemouth. They're not really shooing. So they, they are both at home. We do play better at home, but at the moment Arsenal aren't ticking all the boxes and I'm not exactly enjoying everything that we're doing at the moment. I'm not confident in, in how we're getting on. The the star we didn't we seem to have lost a bit of star at the moment and doesn't seem to be very progressive. Our shots are, are low. It was the Aubameyang thing which I I was on and I I just thought right I'm going to do the hokey pokey but I'm so glad I didn't now because everything doesn't seem to be ticking for Arsenal at the moment. We've got some bad vibes around the club again. You know AFTV are getting involved and yeah all sorts are going on and I don't have much faith in in Arsenal at the moment. The only thing which I do know is that Klasnach gets forward and we love a good class match overlap so he could be still a good option for these next few game weeks just after that our fixtures after these two against Southampton and Bournemouth are not are not great so yeah not for me at the moment I don't think it's going to be a disaster if you go with that so are you in a case where you're holding Aguero for this blank then Iceman yeah I think I will be even with the option to switch to Aubameyang just for this blank yeah because again uh, Lacazette got sent off in the Europa League so he may even keep Aubameyang on, on the bench we don't know if there may be repercussions from his illness or anything as well I know yeah. he, he came on in the Europa League uh, towards the second half but he didn't start him in that game yeah if Lacazette is not playing on Thursday then you assume that Aubameyang might get most of the game obviously we're recording this on the Monday so we don't know yet but that could happen and then Lacazette could be the one starting the front I assume that Lacazette is definitely going to start here but I wouldn't be bringing them in just for the two game weeks and also, there's ne- never any guarantees in Arsenal. I mean, I, I captained Aubameyang a couple of weeks ago against Cardiff, but you know, I was very lucky in his returns there. And I was watching the game, and was, I had no faith that we were actually going to do anything good. I mean, it's not to say that we can't turn things around, because 
we do have some quality players. You know, we did beat Chelsea 2-0 and we have beaten Spurs as well this season. We thrashed Fulham 4-1. Like, we are capable of, of these things, but at the moment, I've not got faith in us. Sure, sure. The situation for me is that I am facing this dilemma where I'm kind of being forced to, or potentially forced to ignore Arsenal. Not through uh, a desire to, but I'm kind of, my hand's being forced really because we got this blank in 31 and because of the, the way my team is set up, I haven't got a heavy hitter up front. So I haven't got an Aguero or an Aubameyang. So Rashford is my most expensive striker. You know, I'm in a position where to get the likes of Aubameyang, I'd have to kind of rip up my team, use at least two transfers, so a minus four minimum. You know, get rid of a good uh, midfielder, for example, just to bring in a player that then blanks in a couple of game weeks time, you know. And I, I'm aware that I don't want to put all my focus on the blank and ignore players that do blank that are still good. You know, but I've also got the issue of not having much Man City cover. So the three games they have before the blank, you know, I, I want to get on maybe Aguero or Sterling for those, you know. So it's like if I'm going to focus on getting those players in prior to game week 31, I then can't really make room for Obama Yang as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah but at the um, same time, uh, sorry to just quickly, but at the same time, they have got Southampton at home. And in this blank game week 27, I'm, I'm looking at it and thinking, well, I'm in a bit of a rut. I'm, I'm getting lots of red arrows. I need a strong captain option. And Obama Yang on paper against Southampton at home, I don't really know who else to, to go for uh, <laughs> as a captain, you know? It's not to say that, you know, Southampton have improved within the last four game weeks. They're defensively improved. They've only conceded 13 shots on target within the last four. Okay. And that's, you know, that's behind Liverpool, Man City, Newcastle and Wolves. So all pretty good defensive teams. Uh, albeit I slagged off uh, Newcastle earlier. They seem to be good on their shots on target. But yeah, they're doing pretty well under the new manager. Albeit again, they've played some good teams. So wouldn't necessarily see that we're going to score big against them i'm not yeah. it, it could potentially happen but i don't know i just feel like this could be a one nil or two one or something i can't see us scoring loads of goals against them and bournemouth maybe we can it's we're just not in good scoring form at the moment i mean losing to bate borisov was just a kick in the teeth yeah. as well so we're probably you know tails between our legs as well uh, I, I thought that we were going to get some resurgence upon the last game because we we lost to City, but it wasn't really a resurgence. It was more just a, a tepid type of play that we were doing. So, yeah, there, there's nothing which is wanting me to bring in Arsenal players at the moment. Sure. Kolasinac would be my only one which I would really consider. But then, you know, it would just be for these two game weeks and then, you know, Spurs, Man, Man United, and then a blank. You know, I just wouldn't do it for, for that period. And, is Aubameyang really going to get a hat-trick or anything in these games? So, I, I just don't see it. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's that's interesting to hear about the Southampton defensive stats because I hadn't looked deep into the kind of underlying numbers about how many shots they were facing and stuff. All I saw, <laughs> because I'm trying to find way, reasons why I should maybe get Aubameyang in, you know, because I'm on the other side of things. Yeah. Um, and Southampton have kept one clean sheet in the last 16 Premier League games. So maybe they're, they're defending well and maybe not conceding too many goals, but they are conceding at least one, if you like. And um, I, I picked up a bit of a, a fun fact, actually. So McCarthy in goal for Southampton, he's played all but one of those 16 games. <laughs> and the one game that he missed was their clean sheet. Oh, so yeah. anyone anyone that's got McCarthy, <laughs> a little bit unlucky there. The, the one time he missed out and they kept a clean sheet away to Chelsea, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, just the one clean sheet in 16. So that was kind of 
like I said, I, I didn't look at the the sort of underlying numbers in depth, but I just kind of saw that and thought, well, you know, they are conceding goals, so yeah, maybe you, Arsenal's a good show. You've got to look at it as well that we have got the Europa League uh, on the Thursday, which yeah. is three days before, so you know, whether or not that's going to affect us, uh, it's just a lot of question marks for me. Billy, what are your thoughts well, on let's, Arsenal? Let's uh, move this on then to City. So the third headline, can Sane be kept after double game week heartbreak? He indeed did stitch up a lot of captaincy choices. Solomon Ronjon particularly has asked, who shall I swap for Sane? Uh, I like the look of Bernardo Silva, but don't see the point in making the switch this week. Uh, will you boys be sticking or twisting? I can tell you I personally have already twisted. Um, mm. I couldn't hold that much money in my midfield with the state of my team at the moment, so I've taken him out already. Um, were you affected by this at all, Brett? And if so, what would you do in Solomon's position? I was, yeah. So, like I said earlier, I brought in Sane kind of through a bit of peer pressure. I knew everyone else in the top 10K had him, and I was kind of lingering around that rank at the time, or near enough. And so I brought him in to kind of protect myself, and now I'm stuck with him. He got the one point in three game, or, you know, a double game week and another game week. But I also had the dilemma to either get rid of him or Hazard. So I, I ditched Hazard, and... I've still got Sane. I've still got him, and I think I'm going to keep him now. I know it's not ideal to own him. He's 9.5 million now, obviously a little bit less than what I paid for him, of course. But, um, you know, after this blank, they've got West Ham at home. I love that fixture. I just like teams that play against West Ham, especially Man City, to be at home against West Ham. They just concede so many goals. And I know it's not much to go off, but Sane's biggest haul this season was 19 points. It was away to West Ham. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in, I am in a bit of a rut at the moment. I've been getting lots of red arrows and I've got very little differentials. And having brought Sane in and everyone's selling him, he's kind of become a differential for me now. Look, it's not ideal to have him. Lots of people have sold him. But I think I'm just going to hold now. And, you know, looking at Man City's fixtures after that blank, so West Ham and Bournemouth, if Sane can get uh, game time, he's still a great option to have. There's an opportunity there, I think. He's I'm, only just over 10% owned now. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm well behind that, to be honest, Brett. I, I feel like if I did hang on to him so far, I may may as well hang on to him for this game as well. Because, like I say, he's got some good fixtures come up. It was only the Arsenal game and the Chelsea game, which he missed out on. Obviously, he didn't do too well in the Everton game either. Uh, that was a way to Everton. They were a bit resolute for them. But uh, he has scored in the Cup recently. He does seem to play him against the weaker teams. So maybe that is a thing. I mean, like you can speculate all you want about Pep, but no one actually knows what he's thinking or what he's doing. But it does look like he just doesn't play Sane in the big games. So I feel like he's definitely going to need Sane in these, these next few. And uh, mm. West Ham... Bournemouth and, and Watford, all pretty good games for City. They're they obviously are. going for the league as well. <clears throat> They're going to want to score loads of goals. They never hold back. So, yeah, I, I would say if you're able to keep him, then do so. I'm obviously keeping a, uh, I'm looking to keep Aguero this week. That's one of the reasons because I know they've got good fixtures. I know there's going to be plenty of goals. And I just think that Sani's going to start a few of these. He has asked whether to go Bernardo, uh, Bernardo Silva or not. As mentioned in the pub before last, I had a feeling he was going to get the two games. It just, he's never going to get many points at the moment. But mm-hmm. obviously he mm-hmm. seems to be chasing down in the provider for the, for the provider. So wouldn't necessarily go there. But yeah, if you've got Sane, I reckon just hold a lot of people same move out because there are so many other good options around it but if you've already got Salas maybe Son Pogba 
I suppose they're the ones which you've really got to think about whether you need to remove him yeah. for. But yeah, <clears throat> like a little, he's like a little differential in your team as well. The problem is he's he's not going to be a captain option for you, and at that price, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I'm because of these three game weeks. Like I said before, with this blank thirty-one coming up. There is a chance of maybe putting so much focus on that we do forget about game weeks 28, 29 and 30. Yeah. And so I know like the likes of Aguero and Sterling are going to blank in 31 and probably 33 as well now um, because they play. Um, they got quite a favourable draw, didn't they, in, in the cup? Who did they get? Um, uh, Swansea. So, Swansea. Yeah. So obviously no disrespect to Swansea, but you'd fancy Man City to win that one. But despite all these blanks, I'm thinking, well... Man City attack, attack, attack. And I'm looking at maybe getting Sterling and as well as Sane um, after game week 27 um, because I need these differentials now and they're both at just over 10%. Um, and I just want to, I want some players. I want to bring some excitement back into my team because at the moment, if Salah scores a goal, I think, well, everyone's got him. Oh, Pogba scored, everyone's got him. Rashford scored, oh, great. You know, everyone's got him too. Uh, I need some players that are explosive. And despite the blank in 31, I'm thinking to double up and get Sterling. But just just quickly to add, uh, with Bernardo Silva, now he's a player that I consider for the double game week, very briefly, because like you said, I was confident he was going to play both. But he's one of these players, a bit like in the World Cup game during the summer, a bit like Isco for Spain, who plays an absolute blinder of a game, but doesn't have any FPL returns to show for it, doesn't have any fantasy points. Um, And so even in the games that he's played recently, uh, I mean, he was so close to getting an assist and Aguero missed what he would score 99 times out of 100. So Bernardo Silva is just one of those players that looks great, but I wouldn't go there FPL-wise. i got another fun fact for him, actually. So Man City have been involved in, in a 6-1 two times and a 6-0. So 18 goals in three games, 6-1, 6-1 and 6-0. Bernardo points. Silva played the full 90 in all three of those and he blanked in all three. Yeah. So 18 goals there, and uh, Bernardo Silva probably played the blinder in all three of them. Yeah, he's not and an FPL he, option for me now. He's not, so. he's not. So if you had him, and let's say you're in, in, in your mini league, some, you've got Bernardo Silva as Man City cover, and someone's got Sane or Sterling, you'd still be thinking, oh no, I'm not quite covering these players here, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so he, he's, he's a great player, he's got, maybe he's got a couple of assists in him, and he could get a 10 or 12 pointer in one game week, but... Yeah, he just doesn't seem to be the the one to f- deliver the final ball or get the goal, you know? No, exactly. Okay, yeah, some nice points on City there. So, our fourth title heading, headline, title, whatever you want to call it, uh, wild card in game week 32 or game week 34. I get the sense this is going to be quite a big one, Iceman. Yeah, I think we just need to incorporate the chips uh, at McDonald's or KFC headline as well in terms of we need to start to list all the options. Which yeah, should I go through that? Yeah, if you want to just kind of list the options which we've, right. we've listed. In that case, the, the chips issue, that, that strategic use of your chips, not the uh, deep-fried potato delicacy covered in salt. Um, potential options you've got. Uh, option one, you use your free transfers to prepare for blank game weeks 31 and 33, free hit and double game week 32, wild card in game week 34. Option two, use your free transfers to prepare for blank game week 31, wild card and double game week 32, free hit and blank game week 33. Option three, use free transfers to prepare for double game week 32, free hit and blank game week 31, wild card in blank game week 33 or in game week 34. And option four, wild card in game weeks 27 to 30, set your team up for double game week 32, free hit and blank game week 31. I have a headache just reading that. Uh, Mike108UK has asked, how many hits 
is too many when considering getting your teams ready for the blank game week or double game week. If you cannot do a uh, TF, what's that? Transfer. Um, yeah, transfer. X, X tier. If you cannot do X transfer, then you should consider free hitting in game week 31. I apologise, Michael. I've butchered your question there. <laughs> Hopefully my uh, co-facilitators, hosts, can answer. Yeah, so, so this is definitely based on, you know, it's a team-by-team team thing, isn't it? But I do think that the secure, easiest option is to just go for using your free transfers to prepare for the blank game weeks in 31 and 33, and then free hitting in that uh, game week 32. So that'll be the double game week. To wildcard in game week 34. So this is one I'm going for. I feel like this is where you're going to have fresh teams for those double game weeks. And as I mentioned earlier with the Sane thing, Bernardo's Maldonado mentioned it on our Slack channel, just how uh, things can change very quickly between game weeks. Like you, It's only taken a couple of game weeks and everyone's kind of thinking, oh, Sane's out of the picture, so everyone's moving off him. So this could potentially happen again in terms of if you, if you did go for the um, free hit in game week 31... You would be able to maybe get a strong team if you bring up your your transfers, uh, bringing in the double game week players to 32. But it's that game week 33 that you're going to lose out on. And if you're preparing from now for those particular game weeks, most of the teams in game week 31 and game week 33 are going to be quite similar. And also we've just got Chelsea and West Ham as a, a good option. There are a fair amount of good options to bring in for those game week 31 and 33. So doing it now, I feel like you've, you've got the transfers to do it. It just prepares you more for it. And then a wild card in game week 34 just sets you up nicely for that bench boost in game week 35. So that is the option which I feel is going to be the best. Brett, what, what are your thoughts on this? Where, where are you at with it? What, what are you thinking? Well, like Bully said, you know, there's a lot of information here and so many different strategies that get thrown around. So my head does spin, actually. I wish I could articulate a, a, a better answer like a lot of people could. Um, my position is the same as you. Um, the, the first option that Bully read there. So my plan at the moment, as things stand, is to kind of focus on game week 31, use my transfers to kind of prepare as much as I can for that one, and then free hit for the double game week 32. Obviously, the, the transfers that I've made to plan for 31 should then help me see me through 33 and then to wildcard in 34. That was the plan. And, you know, with with Man City now getting this uh, Swansea fixture, which we do, we would expect them to win, that would now mean they blank in 33. And that kind of solidifies this strategy a bit more for me, I think, because the one concern you would have, if you're focusing a lot of transfers on preparing for 31, for example, let's say Man City are blanking in 31, which they are, and maybe you get rid of a couple of their players, then you free hit in 32, you're still then stuck without Man City players for game week 33 when they got Cardiff at home. And you'd be like, oh, wow, I, I focused a lot on 31 here and I've kind of forgot about the, you know, a lot of these good players that I've now had to get rid of that now play in 33. Now that they don't have that, or they most likely won't have that fixture against Cardiff in 33, it does make that strategy a bit more uh, solidified for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Because is. I'm then not, I'm not stuck without their players then for that very juicy fixture. Mm. Yeah, and double game weeks are where the points just seem to explode. So having a fresh team for that, I think, is all the, the managers that are tuned in. If they're going this particular option, they're going to have fresh teams. And a lot of casuals are not going to. And you will fly the overall ranking. So 
just that alone may, just makes you want to go that first option. I mean, a lot, a lot of people are looking at this uh, free hit in uh, Game Week 31. And if yeah. you haven't got yeah. a wild card, I know that the Hitman doesn't have a wild card. And he mentioned to me in our Slack channel that he's, he's used his wild card. And at his team at the moment, looks like he has a fair amount of uh, double Game Week 32 players. And he's opting for the free hit in Game Week 31, but and then bench boost in Game Week 32. So he's just trying to bring in as many as he can for Game Week 33 after that game week 32 game so that's where he's potentially going to take a big points hit as well also if you do have the wild card that again could be potentially your strategy but yeah I just feel like it's just going to fall away in terms of those games I mean having Chelsea as well being now an option that also means that you can you know bring in some Chelsea players if they're suddenly going to hit form or you know perform a bit, a bit better obviously at the moment they're not exactly a thrilling team to bring in because of their form and how Sari is kind of doing things a lot of people are saying that he doesn't quite know what he's doing with his tactics etc but they could become good and Higuain Hazard Hazard probably becoming almost a must this game week 31 and 32 yeah slot so yeah there is a lot to think about and it all is very team dependent but I mean if we I'm just going to quickly move it on to the the teams which don't have a free hit. We had a question here from Stu at Stu Bryant 10 saying strategies for teams with no free hit. So, I mean, if you haven't got a free hit, I think the main issue is to decide when to, to wildcard. And if you're going to wildcard, maybe you can almost keep the same strategy in terms of use your free hits, uh, free transfers to prepare for the blanks and keep a, a full bench of uh, double game week 32 players and then just use a couple of free transfers to bring in a couple of game week 33 players and then wildcard after that. So that's probably what I would do in terms of that if you haven't got the free hit. What, what would you do if you haven't got the free hit, Brett? Um, I wish I had the magic answer to to kind of a cunning plan to kind of <laughs> yeah. give an answer to that. But um, I have made some notes on this. I think if you're if you're without the free hit chip now, I think part of it is just accepting you're in a tough spot. You, like you've got, you just got to accept that you are maybe at a bit of a disadvantage now to those with the chip still in hand. Um, and you know, it, maybe it requires you then. Maybe it requires you then having to take a few hits to maybe get the team that you want. So maybe accepting that you're going to have to spend maybe the minus four or minus eight in places. But if you think if you've already used those chips, and I would hope they rewarded you earlier in the season, then maybe just think of it as the points you made from from those chips that you used earlier in the season are kind of paying now for the the hits that you're taking. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, look, you're probably not going to be able to fill out your squad like the free hitters can, you know, um, for the blanks, it's going to be tricky. But maybe just focus on not fielding a full team. I mean, even with with game week 31, granted Chelsea are in there now, which does spice it up a little bit, but it's not a great looking game week. So we haven't got the Man Cities or the Uniteds in this one. So it might not be a huge scoring week, you know, so maybe just focus on getting the key players from that week rather than filling out your squad. Maybe just get, you know, maybe seven or eight players yeah, that are yeah, the key for, ones for example, and nailing Hazard that. And, and Salah. Absolutely. And um, it'll come down to nailing that captain choice as well. So put a lot of focus on thinking which captain is going to serve me the best here. So, yeah, I hope that's given a little bit of bit of help. But it's, it's a tough spot to be in. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think it's some great answers for you there, chaps. And we've had a few more follow-up questions, but I'm not sure if we've answered these. Let's see. FPL Red Eagle with all the blank fixtures for game week 31. Would you consider ignoring the game week? Everyone will all have the same players. 
and focus in uh, game week 32 and 33 for chip strategy. Yeah, it's more or less kind of what, what Brett's, yeah. Brett said there, really. So I feel like it, it could be... I w- wouldn't necessarily feel like there's loads of points in this game week 31. I mean, like you can still mm. bring in players for it. And like I say, teams which are playing in game week 31 uh, seem to be playing in game week 33 as well. So you can bring in players like that. For example, Leicester, Liverpool, like I said, with Chelsea maybe now. There are some options there. So I don't think it, it should be totally ignored. But I wouldn't say it's free hit worthy. I feel like free hit is a great chip to use for a double game week where you can just completely stock your players with as many double game weeks as you can yeah, and make yeah. sure you, you completely maximise on the amount of points that you can get there. Whereas using it in this game week 31, I don't feel like you are maximising on the amount of points which that free hit can give you. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you if you free hit in 31, you might end up with you're going to end up with 11 starters and people who don't have the free hit are going to have probably seven of those anyway you know so you're going to have to really get those four extra players nailed on to really reap the rewards which probably isn't worth the chip and like you say i know personally if i did free hit in 31 and then i went to twitter for game week 32 and all these free hit screenshots of all the double game week players and i, I would be like oh Oh dear, here we yeah. go. You know, um, it does fill you from a from a if you look at it from a, like a fun perspective, the fun of FPL. It does excite me to to use the free hit for a massive double, and like you say, fill your team with all those double game week players, and the ceiling is much higher. But one thing I forgot to add, actually, now if I was in a position where I didn't have a free hit, with that result tonight and Chelsea now not blanking and having a fixture in thirty one, granted they 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 are in poor form. But they've still got Higuain and Hazard who can deliver on on their day. So if I didn't have a free hit for the for the for the players that don't have a free hit, I think there's some options there because the luxury with Chelsea now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're the only team. They're the only team now that are confirmed not to blank, but they still have a double game week in the back pocket because yeah, they blanked right. earlier in the season. Well, no, they, so you they, still they blank this game week, don't they? Uh, um, of course, yeah. They, whereas Man City and Ever- Everton already played theirs, um, Chelsea and Brighton haven't, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they haven't made up their fixture yet. So, um, you know, they're a team that you can bring players in knowing they're not going to blank again and they've got the double game week as well. So you can take advantage of that. You're not going to be stuck with some players that still have blanks, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, exactly. And, you know, their fixtures are good. You know, in the, in 31, Everton that concede goals. They've got Fulham coming up soon as well. So maybe from, you know, maybe after the Spurs game, you know, game week 29 onwards, if I didn't have a free hit, I would be looking at some of their players because, yeah, it's not ideal, but you're in that position now. And, yeah, they're not blanking and they've got a double game week to come. So you can get on board with those. Yeah, totally agree. Nice, nice bit of strategy. Um, there's a couple more questions, and again, I think these are close to being um, discussions that we've had. I'm just sort of sifting through. Yeah, so the, the other questions we've had, Noob FPL, how to proceed for the BGW and DW, uh, blank game week and double game week with <laughs> Wildcard and BB left, and Andrew Scott's current setup, going into game week 27, um, asking some questions as well. Hopefully we've, we've covered those in that general discussion. So FPL sets... <laughs> FPL Sexy is asking when FPL has lost its fun and you're a bit bored of it what rough strategy could he use to navigate the blank and double game weeks but have fun doing so 
Yeah, see, this is a case of Sexy saying that he, he's kind of lost the buzz for FPL at the moment. He's looking to spice it up. He's not too bothered about rank. He wants to make it a bit more exciting. So, Brett, do you have any ideas for FPL Sexy to spruce up his uh, FPL life? And uh, for me, it would just be doing the boring and uh, going for the sensible suggestion of option one in terms of the the chip strategy and then shooting you up further in the rankings but uh, for some other people it may be completely mixing it up what, what's your thoughts on that one well obviously he hasn't stated whether he's got his chips in hand or not now if he has i would say this is where it gets very exciting so if he's maybe losing a bit of falling out of love with it a little bit hold strong because with these chips in play and you know the big double game week 32 and 35 and bench boost there's a lot of excitement to come. If he doesn't have his chips, I would say prepare for these blanks and doubles the same. You know, um, be, I guess, you know, focus more on your transfers and, and prepare better and look for those key players. But he I does he does have his chips other than the triple captain, by the way. Interesting. Well, uh, yeah, in, in another way to make it fun would just be to take hits and prepare the same. You know, prepare the same, but take a few hits along the way, getting a few differentials that other players don't have. Try a few different captaincy choices. If you're not really that focused on rank, maybe, you know, take a couple of punts, go with your gut feeling. And, you know, there's no better feeling in FPL than when you go against the crowd and it pays off. And that's probably why I've never personally had a, a significantly high rank because I do like the Maverick pick now and again, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, still still prepare the same, but just take a few hits and a few punts. Yeah, he's had a great game week as well. He scored 82 this week, Captain Lacazette. So just took the minus <laughs> 12 to get him there. That's the problem. Ah, nice. So he's yeah. already taken the hits. So okay. he's taken the hits. So he's, he's sprucing it up. He's, he's looking for something different. But, yeah, again, Brett, come on, mate. Just do the boring thing like I do, and you'll shoot up the rankings, and it will be really, really fun for you. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, maybe he'll find the fun if he actually keeps plugging away and making sensible moves, you know, and if they pay off and he does shoot up the ranks, he might start to love it again. I'm not, I don't know whether he's got, um, you know, a respectable rank for, or a personal rank that he's happy with. But, um, yeah, I mean, he got 82 points and he's still not happy. So I don't know know what to say about that, (laughs) which is more than I got, even with the minus 12. So, um, yeah. Yeah, if anybody can spice up a love life, it is you, Sexy. I'm confident you'll find a way around. <laughs> um, okay, we've talked a lot there. Let's go to the Iceman's Piss Break. Thank you. Be right back. Be right back. Right, welcome back Iceman, so let's get on to our next feature which is our transfers and captains which we've largely been talking about a lot but Brett, just to nail you down, who do you think will be your main move and your skipper for this week? Um, You know, with this weekend getting lots of of information about the the future blanks with the FA Cup, that kind of thing um, it has been a sort of wait and see and holding like a lot of us have so I've not made any transfers yet and there's still... There's still big decisions to be made for me. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, to be honest. Felipe Anderson's one player I'm looking at to bring in, potentially for Richarlison. I've got a bit of money in the bank there to make that upgrade. And Richarlison's a player I've been obviously looking to get rid of for a while now. But 
there always seems to be some little reason to keep hold of him. Yeah, same. <laughs> and now, same. you know, with the result tonight, um, Everton don't blank in 31 now. I don't know. Um, I could go Richarlison to Felipe Anderson. Um, obviously, Luca Digne to Pereira of Leicester, Ricardo Pereira. We mentioned him earlier. That was another move that I was potentially eyeing up. But yeah, Richarlison and Digne both not blanking now. So I've, that actually increases my team of four blank game week players to six if I keep those two. Um, they're not great options at the moment, but there's two players there that I could field, you know, so it's still all a bit up in the air. Arnautovic is another player I'm looking at, um, a bit of a punt. I'm just looking for that differential now to try and get me out of this rut. Um, so I might, I've got Umanias as a budget bench fodder option, and I've got enough money there to get Arnautovic for this, um, uh, what is it, home fixture against Fulham. You know, Fulham do like to concede goals. So with Arnautovic's injury record, that would be a bit of a punt. But yeah, I'm just looking at West Ham options, really. West Ham and Leicester options are kind of where I'm looking to. And captaincy, I mean, Hyungmin Son is the kind of standout for me at the moment, but he's away to Burnley, which isn't, you know, they've defended so well lately. So again, it's not an ideal choice. Yeah, they've been doing um, so well underneath uh, Heaton now. It's just made such a difference to him, hasn't he? Like, so absolutely. They, they've been unbeaten since he came back and yeah. got against Brighton. They were, it was just, they were, Burnley are defending well as well. So yeah, it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> So yeah, I got the armband on Son at the moment, but um, again, I, I might. I'm tempted by Pogba to be honest. I know it's Liverpool, um, but this is a different United now. Uh, both teams are going to want to win this game. United are going to want to kind of spoil the party. It's a, just a massive derby, and I think with Pogba, am I right in saying he's suspended from the Champions League now as well? Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe that fixture's a while away anyway, but um, or maybe it's not. I can't think. But Liverpool at home, Pogba's guaranteed to start so he's definitely a consideration of mine yeah good chance yeah it's about who you going for yeah in terms of transfers it is a matter of um i think it is between anderson and madison for me to remove richardson but yeah i've got that kind of thought of should i keep him just because they're they're not blanking but no in my eyes everton are just not doing very well at all (laughs) so i think he just has to go for me he's just yeah. keeps blanket. I mean, he got that goal against who was it? Huddersfield. They only got the one goal against them. So yeah, it's just it's not for me. I may hang on to Dean for another week. They are playing Cardiff, so yeah, I might just I might just hang on to him for another week. Yeah, I have got Shaw, and he is uh, he is also blanking as well in terms of his blanking game week thirty one. He is blanking game week thirty three as well now, is he? I can't remember if he is. Let's look at Ben Quillen's sheet. So yeah, he also blanks in game week thirty three because that's just been guaranteed because Man United play Wolves in the Cup, don't they? So yeah. Ah uh, yeah that, you're right. That means they you're blank right. in game week thirty three as well. So yeah, I've got guaranteed. Shaw. I feel like I, I need to move him out. So I may be bringing taking him out next game week for TAA or I may even do it this game week. I kind of have the feeling that um, Liverpool are going to score some goals here. United, they're not great in defence at the moment so they've only kept one clean sheet at home for United this season. Um, I just see some goals here and uh, maybe I, I can go for a... I might just leave it another week and see what happens. Yeah. 
But in terms of captain, um, I have looked at United and Liverpool game. As I mentioned, United's not great in defence. Liverpool do have the Champions League game to go ahead this week. That does worry me a little bit. Martial and Lingard out. Didn't seem to cause many problems tonight. I know PSG took a few risks when uh, Martial and Lingard went off. So it just showed that they do affect the team quite a bit. Liverpool have scored in every away game this season. I heard that on the Fancy Football Scout video today. Wow. Salah and Mane, they've just got great stats. So I may opt for one of them. Uh, I may go for Salah. You know he's going to start. He hasn't scored against the top six so far this season, but maybe now is time. Salah is also top four XGI away from home. So there's another good stat to kind of put it towards him. I did look at Wolves though. Expect uh, Bournemouth will kind of play wide open because they, they do mostly at home. And Jimenez, he's always kind of involved when Wolves score and did look pretty good against um, Newcastle. He did come close a number of times. I watched the whole game on that one. And I know that Brooks and Wilson are missing for that game. So I don't know yeah. whether the, the play will be more in Bournemouth's half than Wolves. So... I know that Bournemouth do seem to struggle without those guys. I mean, like, Frazier is not really the same without Wilson playing. So for me, this should be a comfortable Wolves win. So potentially, Jimenez could have good potential for a good captain. So Interesting. maybe, but Jimenez, he only got the one goal so far against the bottom eight so far this season. And mm. that was against Burnley earlier in the season. So yeah. Not nailed on for me this week. Son was in my thoughts, but yeah, again, that heat and thing. I did yeah. look at the uh, the stats for in terms of uh, Burnley and conceding goals, and they have conceded four to Chelsea, three to Liverpool, and they did concede five to Everton this season, and they conceded five to Man City in the Cup. So although that um, Heaton seems to be you know, making them play well and unbeaten in the league, there is potential for a lot of goals to happen there. So potentially, with Sun in his form, could be one of the, mm. the good options to go for. At the moment, it is actually on Jimenez with vice-captain Son. But wow. that may change. You, If you do want to know what that is, please come and join us in our Slack channel. I normally Can I ask a quick now. question, um, yep. vice man? Sorry to interrupt you. Yep. So you talk about captaining Jimenez, and obviously you've, you said earlier you've had an excellent record with your captain choices, and obviously you, you're ranked extremely well. In earlier in the season, have you captained, you know, like a player like Jimenez, the cheap options at all? Or? Well, um, I've always just gone for who I believe. I know, I mean, like, if I'm just talking about my captain decisions, I've been hitting the captaincy all season. There's not really just numbers behind it, but seeing how the player I'm captaining can exploit the opposition. And I know it sounds basic. For example, I know Abamyang was certain to get in positions against, like, Cardiff, and they will always be fed and will always get big chances and I knew that Cardiff were susceptible for allowing big chances plus I know from watching the games and form that he could get involved and I know I got pretty lucky in that particular game but it just managed to to pay off for me and I don't do the Twitter polls in terms of I always just follow them last year I did and I wasn't happy at the end of it but now I've just gone for who I believe uh, who I think are going to score yep. well worked out well and a lot you know some of it's down to luck but a lot of logic has gone into it but sure. no no one can actually predict who is going to score big like yeah no one can actually predict whether Salah is definitely going to score this week or Aguero is going to score this week of course you can use the lo logic and knowledge to give your best chance but 
it is a lot of luck involved in it. I mean, the one captaincy blank I had this season was Sane. And I wasn't exactly happy about that. I do feel like I was a little bit swayed by others. I know I say I kind of go with who I think is going to score the best, but I kind of did think that Salah, uh, Sane was going to score the best at that particular point, but obviously he didn't. Yeah. And I was regretful at the end of it. I should have just gone with who I believe and then that's it. So I have gone for just say the likes of Aubameyang instead of when everyone went Salah against Leicester. So I've gone for that, but not necessarily gone for a Jimenez so far this year. So yeah, that's not necessarily true that that is going to happen either. I still may switch it to, to the likes of Son. It's very difficult this week. Could be anyone. And it's it's not an easy captaincy this week. Uh, even the likes of people going for Aubameyang for Arsenal could could be wrong mm. based on uh, this Europa League tie, which we've got as well. So, yeah, uh, it is a tricky one this week. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably just going to play it safe uh, with a Salah captaincy. I do fancy him to come up for Liverpool as they're chasing the title and I may even bring in Sadio Mane this week uh, double up on that Liverpool midfield because yeah. I like the look of him and his form at the moment Good yeah. yeah potentially um, okay so let's before we uh, bring things to an end let's go through the surgery mini league which I'm very pleased to say my uh, editor-in-chief is in this week so 10th place we've got Kevin uh, we've got Kevolution uh, 81 points from the game week, 1,701 overall. Remember Ryan Rovers, Danny Sweetman in ninth. The sick notes, James Angove in eighth. Iceman is in seventh place, mm. flying high, closing the gap. Uh, T-Club 64, Allen is in sixth. Uh, Paul Jones in fifth. Michael Taylor, fourth. Uh, Full of fair, Richard Jenkins in third. Adida Oscar, eight, Thomas second. And the, the minor strike, Will Miners, is still... Numero uno, and very exciting to know he'll be joining us on the podcast soon. Yeah, looking forward to that one. He has a lot of stats which he pays attention to, and uh, looking forward to seeing how he kind of has done this team this year. He's used a lot of XG this year, he's told me, so uh, he's got a lot to divulge there. Interesting to hear from him. So, I spent anything in the feedback box? Yes, we do have something in the feedback box. It's one from uh, Body Coach Ron uh, at FPL Hitman. He's saying, you guys are the best. When it comes to an FPL pod, can you start your own YouTube channel? So he obviously wants us to follow in your footsteps there, FPL uh, <laughs> TV. Uh, yeah. So he's also thank- thanking uh, Ben Crellen for his dil- diligent work on providing us with double game info. Great work, guys, and good luck for Game Week 26. So this was from the last pod. Yeah, this is uh, another credit to Ben Crellen. He is doing some great work. He's in his element at the moment in terms of how he's getting on with these sheets. He's obviously got the uh, Wolves and Man United. That's how I found out directly that they were blanking in Game Week 33 because I'm constantly refreshing his spreadsheet, which is great. Yeah, work of art, that. Fantastic. Um, yeah, thanks for the feedback. Uh, I'm sure uh, if we ever get the time, we'll consider a, a YouTube stint. But, yeah, we have, uh, we have looked at it, haven't we? I was going to mention that earlier, that we've, we've looked at doing a little YouTube thing, but it's just putting the time together to get it all set up, I suppose. It is indeed. Nice, man. You're not short of a thing or two to do. Okay, and uh, do we have any sexy thoughts? We do, yes. I will play it now. FPL Sexy is Sexy Thoughts. Sexy Thoughts this week is inspired by nature. I've been trying to get out into nature more, trying to immerse myself in it. I've been taking my shoes off every chance I can, walking bare feet, bare feet everywhere. I've been going to the beach and to the bush. Like I said, trying to get out in nature and not take the phone out with me. 
not take any music. I find it's a great leveler and it helps so much. It's actually very inspiring, very refreshing. So kick your shoes off, go for a walk, look at the sky and enjoy nature. Ew. So Brett is uh, learning how to be a hobo uh, while walking around with no shoes on. So inspiring yeah, stuff from Brett. Game where he could do it whilst in nature. He could do. I wonder if he. I wonder if he, he could make his transfers whilst in, in, inspired by nature. <laughs> inspired. I don't know if that would work. Nature. No, it's, it's another another. Uh, it's a great the man. That's uh, all things good, isn't he? Yeah, he is. It's it's lovely to hear from. Right, that brings us to the end of another epic podcast. I want to thank Brett for joining us. Yeah, thank you. No, thanks, guys. I'm really privileged to be invited on here. And um, as I said, it was my, my first pod, and I'm happy it was this one. So thanks so much for having me, and I hope I hope I've done, done you guys proud. I know, you've been yeah. a great guest, Matt. Thank you for coming Massively, on. Really yeah, I'm sure the listeners will be very happy. And just that for anybody who's listening who doesn't know about you, Brett, how can people get involved with you on social media and YouTube? My handles are all the same, so it's all the slash FPL TV. So youtube.com slash FPL TV and twitter.com slash FPL TV. Good stuff, yeah. Thanks. So we'll have you on again definitely in the future, Brett, and we'll be following your channel from here forth. Um, oh, thank you'll you. also be invited to the Slack channel as well. You will be, yeah. Oh, excellent. I look forward to that, guys. Thanks very much. You can get involved in that as well. Um, Iceman, uh, before I ask you to say your final words of wisdom, Let's tell the listeners how they can get involved in all things FPL surgery. So uh, we've already talked about patreon.com forward slash FPL surgery to join the discussion. You can join our mini league, 225-369. You can visit our website, fplsurgery.com. Listen to us on SoundCloud and um, iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Reddit. Uh, And most of the discussion goes on Twitter at FPL Surgery. And you can email us info at fplsurgery.com. On that note, Iceman, on the night when uh, Chelsea have been dumped out of the FA Cup, I have one final stat for you on uh, Ross Barkley and Matteo Kovacic. Good man. Right. Um, Sorry, subs since Christmas against Man United, City, Spurs, Arsenal, Newcastle, Spurs again, Palace and Watford. Every game between the 58th and 88th minute. Ross Barkley has exchanged places for Matteo Kovacic in, a, in either order. Um, so you can say Chelsea are a little bit unpredictable. Ta- tactical, tactical <laughs> subs, yeah, I like it. Tactical genius. Any final words of wisdom for the listeners? No. Never any wisdom, just the biggest one is to get up the podcast. We'll speak to you next week. Good luck in your game weeks. Good luck in your game weeks. Up the pod. Still got sure, so bully. Is that you? Sorry, mate. Is that you? I couldn't hear anything.